Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Heartway. Good morning, Heartway. Man. Can't have you guys sounding too relaxed. Just start going to sleep as soon as we enter center in prayer. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, you guys looking real calm. You be. <laughs> Actually, uh, want to start a little bit differently today. Want to start with a scripture. This is Job 12, 7 through 10. But now ask the beasts and let them teach you and the birds of the heavens, and let them tell you, or speak to the earth, and let it teach you, and let the fish of the sea declare to you, who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? When we listen to that message, it's very simple. It's telling us that We can not only find God in a nebulous way, we don't only relate to God when we close our eyes, when we pray, when we see miracles, saying that we can look at the creation and find God. Even more so, it's saying something that we align with strongly here at Heartway, which is that we think and believe and trust that spirituality is practical. We love to come here and not only experience God, but learn from God so that we can then apply God. And so today, I want to bring a little bit something practical to our Centering Prayer practice. We talk about breathing. We talk about the benefits of it. And today, I simply would like to leave you all with a new tool through the breathing that you can apply in your day-to-day life so that you can experience more calm, more relaxation, more connectedness to God. And this style of breath work, we actually learned from watching animals. We noticed that when lions finish hunting, they engage in something called rhythmic breathing, where instead of simply breathing inward, and outward, they actually breathe rhythmically. That's two breaths inward. And then slowly out through the mouth. So that's two breaths inward. And slowly out through the mouth. And we found that this form of breathing, not only do only six breaths show in research to 
relinquished stress on the sympathetic nervous system. But it also shows that it fills the alveoli, which is the sacs in your lungs, that help bring oxygen to your body, just by using this little technique. And so we, if you would so choose while we engage in centering prayer, whatever form of breathing is comfortable for you is perfectly fine. But for those who would like to engage in this, I ask you to play along with me today. And so in your own time, you may get comfortable. There's no right way or wrong way to do this. This isn't about doing at all. This is about letting go and being. If you would so choose, I ask you to close your eyes and begin by just focusing on the breath for those who would like to breathe normally, do just that. For those who would like to engage in this form of rhythmic breathing, one thing completely to breathe with your whole being. Just watch the peace that can overwhelm you. nothing that you need to do right now. There's nothing you need to accomplish. You're not being judged by your performance. All there is to do is breathe and enjoy it. If thoughts sensations come to you during this time 
you don't need to suppress them. You don't even need to engage them. Just observe. They are just clouds in the sky that you are. Floating by. They are just dancers on the screen of your awareness. Feel the restorative energy of life filling your veins.
bask in your freedom. Float in your freedom. who so choose, I invite you to add one more thing to your breathing practice. As you finish your second inhale, allow yourself to hold your breath. sensations and the experience of the warmth entering your body. When you are ready, you may partake in this again. you will notice tension leaving your body, heaviness leaving your body. It is nothing more than another doorway to grace.
guess the truth is you're the only one here. <laughs> In your own time, begin to bring the awareness back into your body, into your fingertips, your toes, your legs, your arms, your torso. It's warm. Awareness feels good. Your face, your eyes. You may open your eyes. And know that what you just experienced is a peace that will never leave you. We love you, Hartway. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? My name's Danny. Started this community in 2015. Had no idea, no idea, <laughs> what would come of this and what would be experienced in my journey. Basically, long story short, I started this community, just a very uh, devoted fundamentalist Christian, lost my faith, but I already had this thing going, so I had to come here and talk to y'all about a God I didn't even know I believed in, so went through a whole identity crisis of shedding all the layers of religion, somehow, some way, I don't even know if I can say I found anything, God found me in the depths of darkness. And it was like the darkness became light. That's just one way I can describe it. I, I was face to face with meaninglessness. And when I came to accept reality for what it is, I realized that the whole time, <laughs> the only thing that was making reality less than beautiful was what I was thinking about it. Because the way God has this whole thing set up it's all rigged in your favor. You may not be aware of that yet, and that may sound like a cliche. I am not a motivational speaker, y'all. I'm not here to get you, oh, motivational. <laughs> no, that's not my job. But really, the whole thing is rigged in your favor. What would happen if you lived your life as if the whole thing was rigged in your favor? Listen to me. Whether the circumstances are favorable or not, whether the money comes or it goes, whether that person in your life comes or they go, the only thing that's ever happening is the story in your mind. If that story is not beautiful, you need to question whether it's true. Because God is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Do you see that beauty? What is the story that you're telling about your life? Earlier this week, I went to see a therapist. I highly recommend you to go see a therapist too. <laughs> Some of y'all have this weird stigma thing about the therapist. Listen, go see the dang therapist. All right? So I went to go see this therapist, and I was telling her about Everything going on in Danny's world, right? With the divorce, everything going on, whatever. 
as I'm sharing with her my story, I've never experienced this, the therapist started to cry. Does that happen a lot to you? Okay, we got a therapist. How long have you been doing this? Over 10 years. She says she ain't never cry when a client tells her something. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay. Well, she said, okay, what did you? But it doesn't happen a lot. Yes. Okay. Well, imagine you're in therapy and the therapist is crying, okay? So, so, but anyways, so I'm telling, I'm telling her the story, my story. And I notice that she starts to tear up. Why? Because the story is beautiful. Why is the story beautiful? Because love makes everything beautiful. Do you understand that? When you interpret everything in your life through the lens of love, love makes everything beautiful. The things that you think are going to destroy your life, love will make it beautiful. This is why the scriptures say love never fails. It never fails. So if you want to experience the beauty of life, it begins with love. And I want to specifically talk to you about a form of love today called empathy. Empathy is about understanding the way that another person feels. Everybody believes what they believe and thinks what they think and behaves the way they behave for particular reasons. You may not agree with those reasons, but you can always seek to understand what they are. When you begin to understand what is behind the thinking and behaving of other individuals, now empathy begins to arise because judgment is removed from the equation. A lot of us aren't really connected to the people in our life. We're connected only to our idea of them that we have in our head. And that idea of them that we have in our head tends to be clouded by our judgment, which is very biased and limited. And most of the time, negative. What you judge, you cannot understand. You're trying to understand somebody in your life, but if you judge them, you won't be able to understand. Because what you judge, you cannot understand. So if you really want to know a human being, you have to be willing to get very curious about who they are right now in this moment. Most of us aren't open and curious to who people are right now in this moment. We think that who they are now is who they've always been. We love to take things from the past and stick it onto people's present like post-it notes. So that every time we see this individual, every time we see this person, all we see are all those images of the past, all those images of the past, clouding your judgment from seeing what is right in front of you. They may be completely and totally different right now. You're saying, Danny, no, 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 trust me, I know. I know this guy. I know this guy. I live with these people. By the way, the people closest to you are the ones that you know the least because those are the ones that you're the most judgmental towards. And it's crazy because it's like the, the ones you love the most, right? But then you judge them the most, so you don't even really know them. So 
You need to practice this literally with the people that are closest to you because you are literally the most clouded in your judgment towards them. And you think that they have all these issues when really what you see in them is what you're projecting from in here. You wouldn't be able to see those bad qualities in them if they weren't in you. So, so many relationships and friendships go sour because we cannot move beyond the past. Now, yes, it may be in your mind highly unlikely that this particular individual is going to be different now than they were yesterday or than they have been all these years. But if you're not at least open to the possibility of them being different, then you won't even be able to see it if it's there. If it is actually there, you wouldn't be able to notice it because you've locked them into a particular paradigm of who you think they are. And there are a lot of ways that people actually change and evolve and grow and try. And, and, and it may not be like from one side of the spectrum to the other totally different human being. But there may be incremental changes that they are making and that people in your life are making. And you, have, you are clueless about it. You can't even pick up on any of it because all you do is judge. Empathy is what allows you to understand the other person and to accept the other person as they are by removing those blinders of judgment from your own eyes. Now, when it comes to empathy, something you, you will learn as you really put this into practice is that there's something to be appreciated about every human being, even and especially the most difficult ones. And you will learn how to appreciate what there is to be appreciated about their personality if you can look at them through the lens of empathy. I want to read to you what this one author wrote, beautiful quote. In order to master empathy, you have to spend time getting to know monsters. When you can do that, you will see that there are no monsters. Only people that acted like monsters because no one gave them the time or compassion to hear their story. If you get curious enough to hear people's story without judging them, you will begin to understand very clearly why people are the way that they are, why they do things the way that they do them. And with empathy, your intention soul in, your, in every interaction that you have with human beings, your intention solely becomes, can I get where they're coming from? Empathy is always able to get where the other person is coming from. This has nothing to do with agree or disagree, right or wrong, good or bad. Why, is, why do we always have to make it about that? Oh, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Okay, why? Who cares? Nobody asks you if you agree with it or not. <laughs> really? But we do the, oh, I, I don't agree with it. Because ego. We get our sense of identity and worth from being right. And so when others are wrong, it's like a superiority thing. So I have to really make it known when I don't agree with you. <laughs> it's not about agree, disagree, good, bad, right, wrong. It's like, can I get where they're coming from? If, if, if you're interacting with a human being and 
They're spewing their stuff, and you just can't get where they're coming from. You, you, there are, uh, there's a lot more love and empathy that you can experience in your life. And if you're willing to go there, even those difficult people will become beautiful to you. And you will understand the way that people are wired, and there's no blame in it. Literally, no, there's no blame in it. There's no judgment. Just a pure understanding and a pure acceptance. That's all it is, a pure understanding. And that understanding is that nothing other people say or do actually has anything to do with you. Nothing other people say or do has anything to do with you. Maybe you got stood up. You got ghosted. Maybe, because <laughs> I was talking about that with somebody over dinner this week, right? <laughs> this person was telling me about all the times that they've been ghosted in the single life. I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I? I don't know what I got into now. I'm hearing stories about people getting ghosted, and it was good, and, and we were connecting, and then out of nowhere, they just stopped texting me and calling me. Maybe you got ghosted, all right? Or, you know, maybe somebody at Starbucks you know, gave you an attitude or somebody at work was mean to you for no reason. That literally may have nothing to do with you. It probably has nothing to do with you. You don't know the kind of stuff that people are carrying. You don't know the kind of stuff that people deal with that they don't tell you about. Most of us keep everything bottled up inside and nobody knows what you're dealing with in there. But the way that you react to other people is coming from those wounds that haven't been tended to. And nobody even knows that you are experiencing those wounds except for yourself. So when people act out in certain ways, you don't know all the stuff that's happening beneath the surface. Sometimes you and I are just the collateral damage of another person's inner war against themselves. And so I love this quote from Henry David Thoreau. He said, could a greater miracle take place than for us to look through each other's eyes for an instant the great this is the greatest miracle the greatest miracle right here to be able to look through the eyes of another just for an instant what I've come to learn is that it's not so much that there are difficult people it's that sometimes I have difficulty with certain people and this is an important way for you to reframe this. Because when you reframe it like this, now it's not, oh, those difficult people over there that are the problem. No, there are no difficult people. I just have difficulty with certain people. And I can do something about that. Why do I have difficulty with this person's humor? Why do I have difficulties with this person's attitude? Why do I have, now I can go inward. Now I can remove whatever barriers are there. Now I can practice empathy. Where is it that I'm locked into a very narrow paradigm? How can I expand my vision to see through the eyes of another? When it comes to these, you know, difficult people, most of us though, we don't want to take this inner journey. We just want to avoid them. And hey, that's okay too, to avoid certain people. You don't got to deal with everybody's stuff, but there are certain people that you can't avoid. Maybe your difficult person is your spouse. 
Maybe your difficult person is mom. Maybe your difficult person is best friend right now. Maybe your difficult person is boss or coworker. And it don't matter what I do, I cannot escape them. I'm stuck here. That is a gift from God. <laughs> hey, you think I'm lying. That is a gift from God. It don't feel like a gift. It do, I know it doesn't feel like a gift. But you make it one. That's the only purpose of the relationships. Any human relationship. I'm not even talking about romantic or spouse or nothing. The, whole, the only purpose of the relationships is your own self-discovery and evolution. And if you haven't figured that out yet, you're probably suffering a lot more than you need to. But that, is, that suffering is going to continue to happen until you wake up to the fact that all of those people are there to wake you up to yourself. That everybody is your mirror. Every human being is your reflection. You're only dealing with you. You're only dealing with the, the way you are projecting others to be. The story that you're saying in your mind. So again, is it beautiful? Is it beautiful? Now, to make matters even more challenging... Sometimes when we are with these difficult people that we can't get away from, the only way we know how to respond to them is getting defensive and or getting upset. What we don't realize is how other people react to you is not about you. It's about them. And how you react to other people is not about them. It's about you. Paradigm shift. Paradigm shift. Up to this point, you've been saying, I used to say this. I, used, I literally used to say this to an ex-girlfriend. Ex -ex you made me like this. <laughs> really, I would get angry? 20-year-old Danny? I would get pissed off about something. It just got me crazy. And I would say, man, I'm so patient. It takes me so long to get angry like this. You got me here. So now that you got me here, you just got to deal with all the stuff that comes out here because you did this. And now I laugh about it. But back then, I was 100% serious. <laughs> really? So up to this point, the way you react to other people has been justified in your mind on the basis of how they've treated you. So now I'm justified to do this. We're not doing that no more. No more self-justification. No more, no more excusing our toxic behavior. Now it's time to take responsibility. I always mention that. Taking responsibility for what you are feeling, for what you are thinking, and for what you are believing. So how you react to other people isn't about them. It's about you. So your greatest defense against other people is no defense at all. Your greatest defense against other people is no defense at all. It is being so secure, so grounded, so rooted in yourself that you do not have to prove anything to anyone or convince anyone of anything. If you want to become immune to other people's reactions to you, all it takes is you learning how to be 110% comfortable with yourself and you not thinking about what other people think about you. Because once you accept you, no other acceptance is needed. And remember, the stress that you experience, 
when you're dealing with so-called difficult people isn't being caused by their words and their actions. That stress is being caused by the importance that you give to those words and those actions. And the reason why you give so much importance to the way other people think about you is because of how negatively you think about yourself. And so that is where we begin. That is where the work starts. The first step towards wholeness is acknowledging, embracing, accepting, and understanding all of those aspects of yourself that others don't. It's called integration, healing. We all want something that's real. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to it, with our friendships, with our relationships, the people in our life. We want real. We want genuine connectivity. But how can you get real with another person if you haven't gotten real with yourself? You got to get real with yourself. Otherwise, you're going to have a mask. And most of us are just living with masks. And we never actually get to meet each other at a soul level. So I want to read to you this quote from Carl Jung. He says, knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. Very important. Knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. Why? Because when you see that in other people, you know where that comes from because you've studied yourself. Once you understand yourself, everybody becomes understandable to you because the ego is not that creative. The mind is repeating the same stuff that it's been doing for millennia now. Human beings are human beings. We have all the same wants and needs and desires, and we're all trapped by our own attachment to our thinking. And so when you understand yourself, it becomes easier to understand others. And because you don't judge the darkness in you, why would you judge it in another person? Because you, you understand yourself and there's no blame in it. Again, it's like we inherited our trauma. Did you ask for your trauma? Did you ask? No. We didn't ask for the trauma. We just kind of were born. We spawned into this planet. Some of us, I was watching, I was eating lunch watching Dr. Phil the other day. I don't do this. <laughs> I, I don't normally do this. I don't normally do this, but it just happened to be on Wednesday. I was eating my lunch, and I was just decided to watch Dr. Phil. Seven-year-old boy who was adopted by these parents, the, the, chi the, the child's birth parents were drug addicts. And this kid from his birth has been affected because of the decisions of his parents and the lifestyle of his parents, which... He hasn't met and probably won't. This kid threatens to kill his adopted parents. So that's what they deal with. This little boy, to the point where they have to sometimes, the therapist had to teach the father how to restrain the son. Because he goes crazy. I'm going to kill you. He's like, I'm going to get a knife. And, bro, insane. This is a seven-year-old boy. We're talking about a seven-year-old. You understand? 
I mean, I can't blame. I don't, I don't look at this young man and say, oh, what an evil kid that needs to be blamed and horrible person. The first thing that I thought about when I said, oh, my God, this man is in his body is, is carrying this trauma. He was born into this. You know, you start, you start going backwards in your own path, in your own journey. You start realizing, I didn't, I didn't ask for all of this stuff. It's like we all have our own traumas. We all have these experiences that we go through. We're innocent. We're innocent. You're innocent. And, and you, you start to notice that in yourself, and you don't start beating yourself up for your life being the way that it is and you being the way that you are because you've met yourself with love and understanding and acceptance. Oh, my God, it just flows out of you. Of course I get you. Of course I get where you're coming from. If I lived your story, I would be the same way. If I went through your experiences, I would be you. If I believed what you believed, I would be just like you. I can't judge you. You understand? That's, that's empathy. So because you understand yourself, now you can extend this as a gift to other people. And, and the deepest understanding, the deepest understanding is that it's never personal. If you take things personal... That just means that there are aspects of your personhood that you are repressing or rejecting or keeping in the shadows. There are aspects of yourself that you are still denying and pretending like they're not there. There's darkness that you have not come to deal with. There's darkness within you that you have not met with love and understanding. And that fear will drive your life. And it will dictate the way that you interpret things and it will dictate the way that you relate to everybody in your life until you face it. But it's fine. Like we got to do this in steps. You know what I'm saying? God took me through it. You're going to face the utter darkness all at once. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but a lot of us, guess what? It's step by step. You know, don't, don't ask for more than you can handle. For real, we were talking about this because we know, you know. It's like there's some, there, yeah, I know that darkness is there, but I ain't ready yet. It ain't the right time. It ain't the right time. So you got to be honest with yourself. But at some point, at some point, you got to be open to bringing what is in the unconscious to the conscious. And you just, you deal with it. And it's never personal. But of course, the reason why when other people point out a problem with you that it bothers you is because secretly you have a problem with yourself. If you didn't have a problem with you, it wouldn't bother you if others did. I'm telling you, if you didn't have a problem with you, it would not bother you if other people had a problem with you. So somebody could say, look at Danny and say, you're lazy, bro. You are a lazy guy. I said, well, all right, great, yeah. Awesome, what's up? You know, you want to hang out? You want to be my friend or not? Like, is that a deal breaker or what are we, you know? Like, I don't know. You don't, you, right, what, what, what? What can someone say that I won't agree with? Why wouldn't I agree with it? What am I scared of? You understand? But we, when you're trying to keep up an image, there has to be some image. There's, there's a certain way that people have to perceive me. No, I'm important. No, I, I work really hard. Or, you know, I, I, no, this is my identity. 
No, I don't have an identity. God is my identity. I'll be whatever you want me to be if that's what you want me to be. I don't care. I don't have any chips in this game. God is my identity. So if you don't have a problem with you, it won't bother you if other people have a problem with you. But we have problems with us. So empathy is, you can't even begin this journey of empathy until you begin to uh, accept yourself as you are. You accept yourself as you are. Then you don't take anything personal anymore. And it helps to recognize and to know through your experience that you are not your personality. You know, so... Sometimes I like to talk about Danny from the third person. Really. Because, you know, Danny is one thing. Who I am is another. Who I am in God cannot be confined to Danny and the little quirks and weird stuff and, like, you know, just who Danny is. So now I get to meet myself as a best friend. You understand? So when I sit with y'all, if somebody comes up to me and they want some spiritual direction or guidance, I'm coming as a friend. I'm coming to support. I'm coming to listen. I'm coming to understand. But when, when we sit with ourselves, sometimes we just beat ourselves up and we criticize ourselves and we're down on ourselves and we're so negative and it's, it's just the guilt and shame and fear and guilt and shame and fear and insecurity. So you gotta, first of all, <laughs> That's not who I am. That's not who I am. So now that we got that straight, Danny is the role that I take on. Oh, that pastor at Heartway, that's the role that I take on. But that's not who I am. (laughs) Really. Some of these roles, though, we take them very important. I'm a mom. I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm this, I'm that. Hey, I'm glad. Some people, you know, it's like they don't care. Yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I don't care. I'm going to still live my life. So it's good, right, to care and to play these roles well and responsibly that God has given to you. But don't confuse yourself with your role, right? What happens to the mom who is just, I'm mom. And then your son grows up. And then they leave. Well, what happens to your identity? Oh, my God, I don't know who I am. What happens if, oh, I'm, I'm a husband. And then something happens. Well, who are, who am I now that I'm not this? You can avoid all of that by knowing who you are in God. So personalities shift and change and adapt and evolve over time. So there have been countless iterations of Danny. And they will continue because personalities change and grow and evolve. I, I don't think the same way now that I thought a couple years ago. Do you? I mean, we're di- sometimes I went back to, oh, my gosh, the Hardway podcast. I did like a purging. I did a purging of Hardway podcast because I was like, I, that's not what, how I communicate now. I, I'm sharing a different message now. So I had to just... I deleted, I'm sorry, I deleted all of it. I know some of y'all probably liked them or something. I don't know what, but 
I just, I went through, I'm like, we're going through a whole purging of this. Because it's different. You change, you grow, you evolve, right? So your personality is always fluctuating. But your deepest essence does not fluctuate. Your deepest essence is immovable. Your deepest essence is unchangeable. Who you are in God is sturdy. It's a strong, firm foundation. And it doesn't matter how the person evolves and changes and who comes in and who comes out and what happens outside here in this world. You're rooted and grounded in your true identity. Totally loved, totally accepted, totally complete, totally whole, totally forgiven as you are. And there's nothing that you could ever do or not do to change that status before God. This is your identity. You are a beloved child of God. That is the root of it all. And when you tap into that within yourself, and when you wake up to who you are in Christ, now you see everyone else that way too, even if they don't see themselves that way. Right? This person, obviously they're acting in the way that they're acting because they don't know. They're already complete. I'm in on the secret. So I can already give to them the love they haven't even been able to give to themselves or receive from God yet. But maybe I can be a channel through which that can happen. Maybe I can. And maybe I won't. (laughs) It don't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm I'm not trying to do anything to fix you or change you. Like you're too perfect like this. For me to mess it up with what I think is a better idea for how you should live your life. I wouldn't dare want to tweak or fix anything in another person. Totally complete. As they are. All that leaves me is understanding them. Understanding them. You know, some of us have this thing where it's like, yeah, the people around me, I got to lift them up. I got to pull them up higher. Why do you think you're higher? That's the real problem. It's not about I got to lift them up so they can get on my level. It's no, you meet them where they are. Love, empathy. Right? The, The Christian story is God descends and becomes human and joins us in our suffering. Right? So that's what we do with other people. I'm not even going to try and lift you. You don't need to. I'm not above you to be lifting nobody. So if something happens and we're all getting elevated together, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? I'm in. Other than that, I, I don't, you don't go into any of these relationships trying to change anybody. That's empathy. I want to read to you some scriptures, very important, and I hope you will understand this. Proverbs 21.1. Now, this applies to every human being, but in this particular passage of Scripture, uh, they're talking about political leaders. Okay, The heart of the king is like a stream of water in the hands of God, and he turns it wherever he chooses. Hmm, ponder. Next one. 
Proverbs 16.9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Okay. Next one. Proverbs 20.24. The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? All right. We see a common theme now that's coming up, huh? Jeremiah 10.23. Oh, Lord, I know that the way humans act is not under their control. Humans do not direct their steps as they walk. Okay. All right. Oh, no problem. I like that song. So, (laughs) what's this common theme here? From our perspective, people determine their own fate through the decisions and choices and actions that they make. Right? That's just what we think is normal, right? Yeah, like this person made these decisions, and now this is where they are. Wow, look at the mess they've made of their lives. Right? That's how we do it. Now, when you look out at the world with spiritual understanding, what you begin to see is that it's not people directing their own steps. It is God directing their steps. What you come to see is that God is the one doing everything. What are the implications of this? We're going to get there. I want to read to you an ancient poem from a Chinese philosopher by the name of Shuang Tzu. Look at this. And this author, uh, he's a translator of religious texts. And he's done like the Upanishads and and he's done um, the Tao Te Ching. And he's a Jewish man. So he does some scriptures. He does. He has the book of Psalms that has a beautiful translation, the Bhagavad Gita which I shared with you yesterday. The, um, he has the book of Job. So he's a, he's a translator. He studies language. And he translates these texts in a way that can be understandable in modern language. And I love how he translates these words of Shuang Tzu. It's a poem. If a man is crossing a river and an empty boat collides with his own boat, he won't get offended or angry, however hot-tempered he may be. But if the boat is manned, he may flare up shouting and cursing just because there's a rower. Realize that all boats are empty as you cross the river of the world and nothing can possibly offend you. How do we translate that into our language and our God talk? Realize that it's not people steering the boats of their lives. It's God. God is steering the boat. If Raphael does something to me that hurt me because he said this to me or he did this or whatever, now I'm dealing with Raphael and all the problems that he's bringing into my life. Get Raphael out of here. I, sorry, no, no, don't leave, bro. (laughs) No, no, no. Guess what, bro? When I'm, if I'm in a situation where Raphael's going crazy, it ain't Raphael. I'm looking at how God is in this. I'm understanding that God is the one steering the boat. I'm understanding that in this world, it's just me and God. That's how I want to live my life. It's just me and God. It's just me and God. So God is the one doing everything. 
if God is the one doing everything, if the boats are empty, if there's no individual that I can point to and say they are the offender, what is there for me to get offended about? Realize that all boats are empty. You may have to sit on that for a little while because I see some of y'all like, huh? <laughs> You're telling me that the spouse who I, I got in a fight with or the boss who's been mean to me or the best friend who backstabbed me, these are all empty boats? Yep, empty boats. It's only and always just been God. And until you can see God in that, your story won't be beautiful. You understand? When you live like this, you're always connected. It doesn't take two people to be connected. It just takes you. And when you're connected, you're connected. You become immovable in love. And at that point, nothing anybody else can do can harm you. <laughs> Harming you is your job. That's what you do when you judge life for being the way that it is. That's how you harm you. So I want to read to you this quote from Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic philosopher. He says, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. <laughs> He's like, yeah, duh, but what the heck? How did you get there, bro? What do you mean choose not to be harmed? Here is how I work this out, right, in my life. The only way that I can be harmed is when I move out of love and into fear. That is how I harm myself. When I move out of love, that's how I hurt myself. So one last quote, and then we're going to wrap it up from this same dude. All right? Now... This guy, they found his, they found, uh, he was, he used to be the emperor of Rome. Marcus Aurelius, when, when Rome was the most powerful super nation in the world. And they found these journals of personal writings that he wrote down after he died. And now it became this beautiful book called Meditations. And you get to read this man's own Meditations. And his writings were the foundation of a form of philosophy called Stoicism, which many of you may have heard of, which has influenced me in positive ways. So this is what he says. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. What does surly mean? Anybody know? All right, whatever. Okay. So they're going to be like that. Now, they are like this because they cannot tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness. Nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, and eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. And that's what I want to highlight. We were born to work together. What kind of a mindset is this where this dude wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to be dealing with some, quote, unquote, difficult people 
but we are meant to work together, right? If the point of all the relationships is your own spiritual growth and evolution, it's all working in your favor. It's all rigged in your favor. Trust me, there will be a lesson in all of it. There will be wisdom there in all of it. God will be in all of it. But that has to become the vision. So what does that look like in Danny's world? Well, all of the difficult people in my life are there to show me the difficulties that I have yet to resolve within myself. That's it. All of the difficult people in my life are there to show me the difficulties that I have yet to resolve within myself. Now, give yourself grace. You will mess up. All right? And that's fine. That's okay. It's all a part of the process. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Study yourself. Know yourself. And as you come to know yourself, you will come to know God. All right. I went very long. I love you. Um, Let's pray. God, we ask you today that you will fill our hearts with your love. Teach us how to practice this empathy in our day-to-day life so that instead of always trying to prove a point or convince other people of our rightness, our mode of being can shift and change and we can simply seek to understand others as they are, to meet people where they are, to get where they're coming from. As we do this, we will be strengthened in our spirit. Our attitude will change. Our energy will shift. And our life will become beautiful. It's always been beautiful. We just haven't had the eyes to see it. Through empathy, we will be able to see it. We trust that your spirit is at work in us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Another Sunday. Love you guys. Next Sunday, 11 a.m., bring a friend and hit me up if you need me. Bye.